We're so glad that you found this Peak City message today. Our prayer is that during our time together, you're able to discover Jesus and are encouraged to follow him fearlessly. Oh yeah, you gotta get that pick. That's good, that's a good pick right there. <laughs> I love it. Man, can we give it up for all these families again? Come on. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, man. I love seeing uh, families getting stronger. Isn't that a beautiful thing to witness? Families getting stronger, man. People saying, I'm gonna raise my kid up to know Jesus. It's beautiful. It's one of the things I love about Peak City. It's one of the things I think that needs to be a legacy of ours uh, that we continue to build and pray for is that when you're a part of this church, uh, your family gets better. Your family gets stronger. And, and we see it happening week after week, not just these parents, man. I see it, um, I see it happening right now in marriages. I know we just had a marriage series in January, but uh, man, God's, God's working in it. Um, we got, um, there's, there's just so much, there's, there's so many wins I could stand up here and, and celebrate with you of what God is doing. We had a, we had a wedding in the lobby in between services a couple weeks ago uh, that y'all don't even know about. There was a, a sweet couple in our church who had been together for many years and just felt like after the marriage series it was time for them to make it official and get married. And so they came to me in the lobby and they like, hey, I got, I, got, I got our wedding certificate. Can you sign it? And I'm like, sure, let's roll. And so I'm signing this marriage certificate and they're making out beside me. I'm like, it's a, that's, a, that's a good way to get your... Get your love, your, your romance back kindled. It's a beautiful thing. But man, God's moving. God's moving. God's doing something. And uh, if you're new with us, uh, welcome to the family. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're thrilled to have you with us. Uh, God, is, God is moving. God is doing something right now in the life of our church. He's doing something in, in the church at large. And, um, and I can just see it. I can, I can sense it. Um, and, and, and I, I know we talked about this last week, but um, it, it, it bears repeating that at the, the, the church at large right now, um, you need to know coming out of a pandemic, most people believe that this would be like the beginning of the end for the church as attendance was on the decline, as people stopped really wanting to be a part of the movement of Jesus. And um, now we're seeing revivals break out on college campuses all across the country. We're seeing thousands of students who just worship and pray nonstop, like God's doing something. And then I think about our church. And I go, man, God's doing something in, in, in our church. Last week we had 10 or 12 different people that raised their hand and said they wanna become Christians. They wanna give their life to Jesus and start following him. And man, I'm like, we're being painstakingly clear about, about what this means to start following Jesus. And like, and like, you know, this is not, hey, raise your hand if you wanna feel more love. It's like, raise your hand if you want to leave your old life behind and start following Jesus. And we got people saying yes to it. God's doing something in our church. And then I think about your life. You know, we sent out a, a, a text message a couple, a couple days ago from our church that just said, how can we pray for you? And I just sit there and I read the prayer requests and I just see what God is doing in your life and the, the trials he has you in and the difficulties and the hardships that he has you walking through right now. And I say, God is doing something. God's doing something in the, in, in the life of our church. And because God is doing something, um, I believe the two words that he wants us to focus on right now are get ready. Get ready, because oftentimes when you're up against the hardest situations in your life, God's about to move. God's about to do something powerful, and I think God wants to do something in the life of our church and in your life specifically. And I don't know what it is yet, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm not sure what it looks like. I got dreams, I got hopes, I got, I got ideas, but all I know is that right now in this season, for these, for these times that we're in right now, we need to get ready. 
And so what God has us doing right now is walking through some different parts of the life of Jesus to help us get ready for the next season in our life. Even if you're here and you're not even sure if you believe in God just yet, I believe God is doing something in your life because you are listening to this. Why the heck are you giving church a chance right now? Why the heck are you watching online right now? It's because God is doing something in your life and, and you need to get ready. You need to get ready. You need to get ready for what, what God is about to do. And so if you're new with us, the way we roll here is um, we're a really simple church. All right, so it's a really simple place. We come in every week filled up with gratitude for all that God has done for us, filled up with gratitude for who Jesus is, and then we open the words and the life and the teachings of Jesus and we let him change us. And we do it week after week. <laughs> And so today, we're just gonna jump back into the same thing we do every single week. We're gonna open the Bible. John chapter seven is where we're gonna be. Uh, we've been in the book of John for about six months now, and we just keep walking through it and letting the life of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the way of Jesus change us. And you need to know the reason we keep it that simple is that so many of us have found that that's where the power is. There's no need to complicate it. I don't need to give you a bunch of churchy man-made traditions. Let's just get to Jesus, and let's let Jesus change us. My message title for you today, in, in the vein of getting ready, is The Secret Grind. The Secret Grind. That if you really wanna get ready for what God is about to do in your life, you need to submit yourself to the work that no one sees. You need to surrender yourself to the work that nobody's gonna post about on social media. You need to submit yourself to the secret Grind if you really want to get ready for what God's about to do in your life. Are you ready? You ready to get ready? Yeah. I love it, man. If you're online, man, put it in the chat. Say, I'm, I'm ready to get ready. I know Lonnie's on there with you today. Lonnie, my man's our online host right now, welcoming all those people that are watching online. They're going to meet us in person, man. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's amazing. We're seeing several hundred people every single week um, that are watching our service live or watching it on replay afterwards. So, man, we're thrilled for you. Can't wait to meet you. John chapter seven, verse one, buckle up. It says, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. And he did not wanna go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. He had some haters. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, hey, why don't you leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works that you do? No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. So since you're already doing these things, why don't you show up and show out? Why don't you show yourself to the world? And then it says, for even his own brothers didn't believe in him. <laughs> I love the honesty of scripture. Jesus is God in flesh, fully man, fully God, and his own brothers didn't believe in him. Now before you go thinking that's sacrilegious, before you go thinking that's crazy that the son of God's own brothers didn't believe in him. You put yourself in their shoes for a second. Your brother comes home after a couple of years of college and on Thanksgiving he says, I got a revelation. I've, I've come to this knowledge I am God. <laughs> you ain't gonna believe in him either. You're like, yeah, go, go on back to your crazy school, man. You do your thing. His brothers did not believe that he was God quite yet. They would eventually come to believe that he was God. But, but, but they didn't, so they, they, they didn't believe he was God yet, but they did believe that he wanted to make a difference. 
They believed that he wanted to impact people and influence people. And, and, and so they knew that he had this sort of public ministry, this, this thing that he wanted to do to really help people, to really change the world. And they said, okay, here's the deal. You've got a moment coming up where you can really flex on him. There's the Festival of Tabernacles coming up, and the Festival of Tabernacles was a, was a very famous Jewish religious festival that everyone celebrated, everyone attended. And so they're saying, Jesus, if you want to make a difference, if you want to make a splash, here's your moments. Show them what a good preacher you are. Show them how you can heal people. Show them all this power you've got in strength. Go ahead and show up and show out. Gain your followers. They're saying, here's a moment. Don't miss your moments. You know, there's some times in life when you need to not miss your moments. <laughs> there's some opportunities in life that don't come twice, three, four times. There's some times when you gotta show up, you need to nail the interview, <laughs> right? You need to like, you know, show up, don't miss your moment. There, there's some times when you need to make the shot. You need, to, you need to play well at the tryout so that you make the team. You need to get the grade to get into the school. There's some times you need to not miss your moment. So, like uh, 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 my, my, my single guy audience out here, you need to understand every first date you go on is a moment. Don't miss it. Don't get weird. Don't get weird. Don't tell her that you've stalked her way too long on Instagram and you know her sister's cat's name. Like just, man, tuck that in your pocket. Hold that till you got a ring on the finger. Then you can tell her how weird you were. And you guys can laugh about it. She'll be stuck then, but... Don't miss your moment, right? Don't miss your moment. Jesus is about to enter a moment. His brothers are saying, hey, don't miss it. Show up. And show out. And uh, they're going to learn in the next verse that Jesus don't play the same game that we play. Jesus don't play the same game that his brothers were playing. He's on a, he's on a different level. Verse 6, it says, therefore Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. Now for you, for you, any time will do. Oh man, I'm telling you, when, when God was working this message over in my heart, um, I was praying so intensely for this moment, for these words, because this is so, there, there's something so profound here for your soul. There's something so profound that you need to hear. And I've been praying that God would get me out of the way and that he would make sure that there's nothing I say that gets in the way of you understanding this. I think some of y'all need to be set free by these verses right here. He says, my time's not yet here, but for you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you. But it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. Now you go to the festival. I'm, I'm not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. And after he said this, he stayed in Galilee. Can I take you to the deep end? Can I take you there? Come on, man. This is... This is uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go deep today, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's okay. I believe that you can learn just as much today, in fact, if not more, than the person who's been here all their life, and they're tricked. They, 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 most people have allowed church attendance to trick them into thinking they have nothing left to learn. Let me take you the deep end. Jesus says, um, you want me to show up. You want me to flex on. My time has not yet come. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, it says, but the world hates me, Jesus says, the world hates me because I testify that its works are evil. Because Jesus, you need to understand, Jesus came to the scene and his view of the world was that the world was broken, that the world is messed up, that the world is full of evil, that the, that the ways and the patterns and the behaviors and the thoughts and the, and the worldviews in this world are messed up. And they are actually not good for human flourishing. 
Jesus came in and he said, here's the deal. I came for transformation. I came to redeem the world. I came to restore the world. I came to fix what has been broken. I came to rescue you. I came for transformation. And because I came for transformation, I need to hold off on this opportunity. He says, now for you, and he's talking to his brothers, but you know, he's really talking to us, right? He's talking to his brothers, but he's really talking to humanity. He says, for you, any time will do, because the world cannot hate you. Oh, this is gonna hurt, this is gonna hurt, this is gonna hurt, but it's true. The reason the world cannot hate you, the reason the world does not hate most of us and it receives us fine, is because we actually live in agreement with the world. <laughs> Ooh, baby, we, we fit in here sometimes a little too well. We say things like, oh, this world is not our home. We are foreigners in this land. We are aliens and one day we will go home to heaven. Bro, you look like you fit in pretty good here. You look like you fitting in, you look like you snug as a bug in this world right now. We, we agree just fine with, with, with the way the world says, get money. Above all else, get money. Oh man, that feels, whew, that feels good. That feels right at home. We agree with the world. We fit right in with the way the world says, hey man, sex, sex ain't no big deal. Treat it casually, just enjoy it when you get it. It feels good, snug. We fit right in, comfortable. We agree with it. We agree with the way the world says, hey, man, puff yourself up, protect your image, market yourself out there, build your brand, man. When you can get clout, get it. Feels good. We fit right in. And what Jesus says is the world can't hate you because of that. He says, I came for transformation, but Jesus knows that for most of us, when we live just in the world, we agree with the world, we're fine with the way everything's operating. We didn't, most of us, we are not here for transformation. Come on, you know this. We are not here for transformation. The vast majority of us are here not for transformation. We are here for affirmation. We live in agreement with the world and we just need somebody to pat us on the back and say, good boy. Good girl. Oh man, you, you ain't here to try to, come on, let's just get real. Can we just cut the spiritual crap for a minute and just act like we're gonna act outside of these walls once we leave today? Let's not play a different game. Let's just be real. We don't live in service to others. We don't live worried about helping other people. Most of the time we worried about being not, not, not transformational, we're about getting our affirmation. We need somebody to see us we live our lives waiting for someone to say, I see you, I love you, you are gifted, you are good at what you do. We live our lives desperate for seeking affirmation. It's almost like we've never left middle school. So, some of y'all right now, we got some middle school students in the room right now. And if you're in the middle school student in the room right now, don't feel attacked, I want you to feel uh, seen. Because the rest of us in the room, you wanna talk about what were the most difficult, awkward years of our life? Is middle school. How many of y'all remember middle school? You remember the hell on earth that was. Because come on, in middle school, you know this, you walk around every day and you are just desperate for affirmation. You don't know who likes you, you don't know who you can trust, you don't know what social level you fit in with. You don't, you don't know what you're good at. What, and, and, and again, that's part of your spiritual development. That's part of your emotional development. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of just part of growing up from a young kid to a, a young woman, a young man is part of it. You're desperately seeking affirmation. Like for me, I remember, man, I remember, 
the, the determining factor of my self-worth every day was how late in the game did I get picked for the dodgeball team in PE? <laughs> it's like dodgeball's happening, they line them up, you got team captains, like, oh, please don't let me be last, please don't let me be last. And if you're not, it's like, whew, I'm a valuable human being. You desperately want affirmation. And, and here's the thing, I, I ain't talking to the adults right now, middle schoolers. From me to you, I, you're in the thick of it, hang on, but I wish I could tell you it gets better. I wish I could give you hope today because what I'm learning as I pastor more and as I observe myself more, what I'm learning is that we may outgrow our middle school bodies physically, but most of us never outgrow our, our, our middle school souls. Most of us never outgrow our middle school emotional state. Most of us never outgrow our, our middle school mental state. Most of us are still desperately, desperately seeking affirmation it's why you post the things you post. It's why you post that political hot take. Because you try and get people to see how smart you are. It's why you post the flex pic, the booty pic, because you need them likes. You need them retweets. It's why you're the first person that has to speak up in every team meeting. It's why you can't let a meeting go by without showing people how smart you are and how wise you are. It's because you are desperately seeking affirmation. It's why you gossip about people. It's why you throw people under the bus behind their back. It's because you need someone to say, oh man, that's horrible, I can't believe they did that. You seem like a much better person. And how did you get such inside information? You're seeking affirmation. You ain't never left your middle school self. And you need to understand, Jesus, was not a, Jesus did not have an affirmation problem. We're out here spending our lives, wasting our lives seeking affirmation. We're out here, our middle school version of ourselves is just ruling the roost inside our hearts. And Jesus is like, I didn't come for affirmation, I actually came for transformation. So while y'all are busy trying to be affirmed, trying to fill holes deep inside of your soul, while, while, while you're on that hamster wheel, that rat race, I'm out here for transformation. And because I'm here for transformation, I'm not gonna step into this opportunity. You want me to show up and preach, you want me to show everybody how good I can do, you want me to show, like, because Jesus' brothers thought that he was after affirmation. Jesus' brothers thought that he was playing the same game they were playing. So like, oh, you, if you're like the rest of us and you want affirmation, well, here's your chance. Here's your moment, don't miss it. And Jesus like, no, 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 I'm out for transformation. And before I step into that moment, there are some things that I need to do. There's some work that needs to be done between me and my heavenly Father. He says, I ain't gonna step in that moment. Instead, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna retreat and I'm gonna do the work that nobody sees. The work of the secret grind. Look at what he says in the next verse. He says, however, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also. Not publicly, but in secret. He threw his hood up. He went incognito. He went in secrets. And as he's there in secret at the festival, Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? And among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said he's a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives people. He's not to be trusted. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear 
of the leaders. Jesus says, you want me to show up? You want me to not miss this moment? You think I'm here for affirmation? You think I'm here for a, 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 a few more followers, a few more pats on the back? Good job. No, no, no. I'm here for transformation. And before I step into that moment, I need to meet with my heavenly father in the secret place. I need to get alone with God. He, he puts his hood up and he goes to the festival and he observes what's happening. And nobody knows that he's there. Nobody sees that he's there. And what does he observe? He observes there's a lot of conflicts about him. He observes there's a lot of opinions about him. He observes there's a lot of people who say they love him, then they say they hate him. They say he's trustworthy. They say he's not to be trusted. Some people want to kill him. Some people want to protect him. He sees a lot of conflicts. And before he can step into that conflict, he needs the Father to do some work in him. You know, we always talk about how Jesus is fully, he's, he's the Son of God, God in flesh but he was also fully man. So you know that Jesus dealt with insecurity. Jesus dealt with doubt. Jesus dealt with temptation. The Bible says he was tempted in every way you and I are tempted, yet he never sinned, right? He never fell short of God's glory. He, he, he lived a perfect life. But let me tell you, in that moment, he's sitting there watching the crowds have opinions about him, and he's not feeling so good. He needs his father to do some work in him. He needs to go to the secret place to do the work that no one sees. It's the secret grind. It's the secret grind. It's the secret grind that nobody sees. It's the secret grind that you need to consume yourself with. It's the 5 a.m. wake up when you know it's the only time you're gonna get in your day that's away from kids, away from responsibilities. You, and, 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 and you know what? It sucks to set your alarm for 5 a.m., but you gotta do it because you need the word, you need to read, you need to pray, you need to be filled up with the things of God so that you can tackle your day, you desperately need it. It's the secret grind. It's the work that nobody sees. It's the work that nobody's gonna pat you on the back for. It's the secret grind. It's the worship in your car on the way to work, on that commute where you're pouring your heart out to God and you're singing so loud and nobody can hear it and thank God because you can't sing. But it don't matter because you're, you're developing your gratitude. You're being filled up with joy and passion and purpose. You're being filled up with the things of God and you need it. You, you're desperate for it. It's the secret grind. It's the work that nobody sees. It's the walk you take on your lunch break. When, when all your coworkers are out for lunch and you're like, no, no, I gotta get alone. I'm gonna go on a walk. When really you're getting alone with God and he's sorting through the motives of your heart. And he's helping you see what only he can help you see. He's helping prepare you in a way that only he can help you prepare. It's, it's, it's after work instead of going out for a drink with the rest of them. You're going on a hike because you just got to get alone with God. You got to receive the love from him so that when you damage to your children and your marriage, it's the, it's the work nobody sees. It's your anxieties and your fears late into the night when nobody sees it because you can't let those anxieties continue to swirl your mind and spiral your life downward. You've got to get up. The Bible says cast your anxieties to him. Cast your anxieties on him for he cares. He knows you and he cares. It's, 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 the secret. it's the work that no one does. It's the developing of faith. It's the cultivating of a relationship with God that nobody sees you meet with him in the secret place, it's the secret grind. I believe that if you want to get ready, get ready, get ready for the next thing God wants to do in your life. If you're going to get ready, you must consume 
himself with the work of the secret grind. Jesus was consumed with it. Consumed with it. I, I, I could read you different passages that point to the reality that it was a regular rhythm of Jesus to do what no one else wanted to do, to get alone, to disconnect, to get quiet, to limit, be with his heavenly father, to do the work in secret. But Luke says it in Luke chapter five. He says, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. His responsibilities grew more and more. His, the levels of leadership continued to increase, but what did he do? It says that, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. He withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. As, his, as, as the number of people pulling on him and requesting time with him, as that number increased, as the pressure of every sermon continued to increase, Jesus said, okay, the temptation for me to get, get, to, to get on the hamster wheel and to let the busyness of life take over and said, I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna unplug. I'm gonna disconnect. I'm gonna do the work that nobody sees. I'm gonna meet with my father in the secret place. The secret grind. And, and, and I, love, I love in that verse, I love the specificity of Luke's word choice here. Notice that it does not say that Jesus often withdrew to places where he was alone and prayed. It doesn't say that he went to places where he was alone. It says he went to lonely places. You know, it's, it's a physical reality to be alone. It's an emotional reality to be lonely. Those are two different things. Sometimes Jesus was, a, was, was with God alone when he was at the Feast of the Tabernacles and everyone was around him. And some of y'all know what that's like. You can be in a room, a, a room full of people and feel alone, right? Jesus withdrew to lonely places. And as I, as I prayed on that verse more, I want you to leave that verse up for me for just, just one more second. As I prayed on that verse, and I thought, God, what, what are you saying here? It clicked for me. It clicked. Tell you, this message, I, I, I had this message written two weeks ago. And just in the last 24 hours, God was working the whole thing over in my heart and was putting more things on my heart to say to you. And I was praying for you more. And I was just trying to, I was trying to say, God, what do you want? And this, this verse was one of them. God, why do you withdraw lonely places? Why'd you put that word in there? And then I realized... This because oftentimes when you actually withdraw and you disconnect, oh, you need to hear that word, the, the digital age needs to hear it. You disconnect, it feels lonely. It feels lonely. I think it's actually the reason that, that most of us don't do it. I want to walk off stage for a second and, and do something. I'm going to sit next to you. You ready, Mary Catherine? All right. <clears throat> I'm going to sit right here because it's pretty close to where I was sitting the other day. So, <clears throat> Uh, last night, and this is, this is often what happens, I've told some of you guys this before in sermons, is last night, I'm sitting like right there where Reagan is, but your seat was taken, so the seat will do. And I mean, I was, I was here in the morning, I was here at night. God had me here till like 11 o'clock at night last night. And I had no idea why. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, what do you want me? And I just feel like he would say, no, you gotta pray more. You gotta, you gotta get alone. You gotta withdraw. You gotta, you, you, this is what I get for calling a sermon the secret grind. He says, I'm gonna show you secret grind. I'm gonna take your butt to church alone with nobody else there. And I sat here and I prayed. And I was like, all right, man, I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I'm ready for more, man. I'm, ready. I'm praying for you guys. I'm, I'm working the sermon over. Like, God, what new story do you want me to put in? What new um, revelation do you want me to share with people? I'm praying, I'm praying. And I'll tell you right now, 
I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> I watch scary movies a lot. I like scary movies. A church at 11 p.m. by yourself? It's a freaky place, man. It's a freaky place. It feels great with y'all here, but alone it feels weird. And I, and I kept praying, God, what do you want from me? Like, what do you want? Like, what, what, what are you trying to show me? And I'm telling you right now, I got home and I have no clue why he had me here till 11 o'clock at night. All night long, I'm like, that was a waste of time. And then this morning it clicked. It felt lonely here. It felt lonely. And God wanted me to be able to share with you the truth that just because you feel lonely does not mean you are alone. Sometimes when you are spending time with God and you withdraw to this, this is why people don't do it. This is why Christians don't do it. Let's cut the, the spiritual crap out of this thing. It's the only word I can think of right now. Let's cut it out. The stats don't lie. The vast majority, it's, less, it's like less than 20% of people who believe in Jesus pray and read their Bibles. Let's just talk like it is. We don't do this. We don't spend time with God. And I think whether you're, a, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're just checking things out, the reason we don't do it is that it feels lonely sometimes. There are times that I spend time with God and I'm on my knees praying to him and man, I feel so filled up with his love and his joy and I can hear his voice clearly and man, he's, he's sharing new ideas. There are times like that. But man, some of the time, I'm just like answering really hard man in the mirror questions. Like, why are you like this, Petey? Why are you still tempted in the ways that you're tempted? Why are you still giving in to the bitterness? Why, why, like, why, why? And that's a lonely place. And I'm telling you, God is calling you to a place where you disconnect from the world and you, and you start connecting with him, the secret grind, but it is not always going to feel good. Sometimes it's gonna feel empty. Sometimes it's gonna feel silent. But I came here to tell somebody that just because you feel lonely does not mean you are alone. Jesus is, Jesus is rewiring things inside of you. You don't know what he's doing. I'm saying, when I got up this morning and I was frustrated, I was like, man, I didn't get it. I didn't get hardly any sleep last night. And there was no productivity that came from it. And then I hit the shower and, was, and, and I feel like God shared, God shared that with me. Just because you felt lonely doesn't mean you were alone. I was reworking things in you. I was rewiring things in you. I was doing something that only I can do. And I'm telling you, some of y'all right now, you need to get alone with God. You need to do the work that no one else will see and no one else will appreciate. And sometimes it's gonna feel lonely and sometimes it's gonna feel empty. And you need to trust that deep down, God is rewiring your soul, rewiring your mind. He is doing things. He is preparing things in you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Just because you don't get your instant gratification of a word from God, just because you don't get your instant gratification of the feeling of love, does not mean that God is not at work. Feeling lonely is different than being alone. You are never alone. When you step up and say, God, I'm here. I'm carving out time in my day. I don't even know how to talk to you. I know some of y'all are thinking that right now. Some of y'all are new to faith, and you're thinking, how do I even do that? Man, there's a lot of ways I could tell you. Just start talking. Just start talking like he's real and he's there. And watch God develop in you a, a relationship with him. But sometimes you're gonna show up and, and it's not gonna feel right. And that's okay. That's okay. You have to embrace this spiritual truth. If you're gonna get ready 
If you're getting ready for the next season of your life, whatever God's about to do in you, you have to, un- uh, you have to understand and embrace this spiritual truth that before God can do something through you, he has to do something in you. Before God does something through you, before he elevates your leadership, before he gives you more influence, before he does what he wants to do in your marriage, before he gives you what you need to impart to your kids, before he does something through you, he has to do something in you. It happens in secret. It happens in secret. You know, Jesus, <clears throat> back, to the, back to the text, Jesus had his hood up, incognito, nobody saw him. He's sitting there, he sees all the opinions, he sees all the conflict. And in that moment, in that secret place with God, God, his heavenly father, was working in him the path to be confident in conflict. Because Jesus, in, and we're gonna see this next week, next week's all about how to be confident in conflict, because Jesus steps into the moment and starts preaching. He steps into the moment and starts, starts understanding that everyone thinks some type of way about him, but he handled the conflict with confidence. Where do you think he learned how to be confident in conflict if not for the work that he did in the secret place. It's the secret grind. It's the work that nobody sees. You, I'm saying, your spouse right now desperately needs you to do the work of the secret grind so that you can be the spouse you need to be in this next season. Your kids, all them parents are up here on stage, you got beautiful children and they're gonna get older and uglier But your kids need you to do the work of the secret grind in the here and now so that you can be the support that they need in 10 years. Some of y'all are single and, you're, man, I, I, and, and you wish you weren't single. God's about to bring someone into your life. And if you don't do the work of the secret grind right now, you're going to screw that thing up. You need to meet with the Father and let him turn you into the type of person that's actually even worth dating. you got to do the work of the secret grind. If you want to get ready. You must understand that before God does something through you publicly, he has to do something in you privately. And I know church is great. And I know small groups are great. And I know culture class is great. We got another round of culture class starting next week. I forgot to announce that in the beginning. There it is. (laughs) It's our three-week experience that helps you get connected to the church. You should meet, sign up for it, peakcityco.com. It's the best next step you could ever possibly take. Raise your hand if you've been in culture class before. Everybody should go to culture class. I worked that announcement in. That was, <laughs> I did it. I missed it last service and got my hand smacked. Culture class is great. Groups are great. Being in church is great. I think I, I, it, it drives me nuts, not for my ego, but for the sake of our church. It drives me nuts that the nationwide average is that most Christians attend church once every three weeks. That's crazy. We should be here telling God thank you every single week. We should be pouring out our gratitude every single week. We should be opening up our hearts to be sharpened by him every single week. I want you to be in groups. I want you to be in church. I want you to be in culture class. I want you to be on serving teams. It's all good. And you can grow in those environments. But God sent me here today to tell you that there are some things that you can only truly receive from your Father. There are some things that only your Heavenly Father can impart to you in the way that you can truly receive it. You know, I, um, at the end of this last year, <clears throat> um, I, in, in, in my secret grind, right, like in, in my work that I'm doing with God, he, he convicted me this last year um, that in 2022, I, I, I spent 
some quality time with my kids, but I, but I felt like he was compelling me and convicting me that I need to spend one-on-one time with my kids, with, with, with each of them individually. You know, I, I, I grew up mostly as an only child. I got a half-brother that wasn't around very much, and so I, I, I'm just not used to like the big family dynamics. We got big family, man. When you have, when you have three kids, everything is complicated. And there's always a kid sick. It's like we, we always have the 33% rule. At, at all times, there is at least 33% of our kids that are awful, that are sick, that are mad, that are mean, that are in their room. It's the 33% rule. But I feel like God was saying, you need to, you need to dedicate one-on-one time with each of your kids this year. And so in January, I, I, I said, all right, I'm, I'm gonna take what he's taught me in the secret place, the secret grind, and I'm gonna put it into action. So I took my kids each of them individually and carved out time and it was exhausting and it was a sacrifice, but it was fun. We took each of them up to the mountain to go skiing for a day and just hang out with them one-on-one. And, and I didn't know what would happen, but I saw God use it in such a, a powerful way. You know, my, my 11-year-old boy, Emmett, uh, he and I hung out up there on the mountain and you know, we, we ended the night with a, a pizza, watching an NBA game, man stuff, you know, and ended up in the hot tub and talking about, you know, middle school's coming and girls and what's he feeling insecure about and confident about. We just, we just got into some deep waters together. And then my, my eight-year-old son, Solomon, when I took him, you know, he's like, he's so fun. And he's so sweet. Like, he's just chilling, man. He, he just wants to cruise down the mountain on his skis. That boy goes fast. I could hardly keep up with him. He's for sure a, a danger of death coming on, on the mountain when he's skiing. It's bad. Um, but man, I just, I, I learned so much about him on that trip. It's like he's, he's dangerous and adventurous and he also wanted to go to the toy store and look at stuffed animals. You know, it's just like this beautiful in-between age. And then my, my six-year-old girl Tatum, she was just so happy to be with me. She started dancing in a restaurant unprompted. I look over and she's just like dancing her heart out, doing her thing. She's like, I'm loving life, man. She gets some dance moves from her mama. <laughs> But I just saw in each of my kids, I saw this, um, I saw something change in them. You know, and there was, there was this moment that I tried to have with each of them where I, where I spoke uh, life into them and encouragement over them that was specific to them. Hey, I see this in you. I see you strong in this. I see you growing in this way. And I want you to know I got your back no matter what the next year holds, no matter what sixth grade holds for you. I got your back. You can come to me and talk about anything. I love you. I'm proud of you. It's the, it's the honor of my life to call you my son. It's the honor of my life to call you my daughter. And man, all that stuff, you gotta understand, all that stuff was, was true before the trip already. <laughs> it's not like I didn't love him before the trip. It's not like I didn't have their back before the trip, but I saw what they heard from their father. I saw it do something in them. I saw it give them a new level of courage. I saw it it, it build a new level of intimacy and trust. I saw it light up their joy and their their passion for life. Like something changed in them. And, 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 And in that moment, I realized, man, nothing changed, nothing changed. It's just that they heard it from their father. And God, God showed me in that moment, he convicted me that your relationship with your kids is a, is a reflection. It's, it's, it's not perfect, right? A lot of us got messed up, messed up relationships with fathers. A lot of us, dad's not in the equation. The, the relationship with your, with your parents, with your, father, with your earthly father, it's a, it's a blurry shadow. It's a blurry reflection of your relationship with God. And there are some things in this life that you were meant to hear only from your heavenly father. 
there are some affirmations that you are seeking from the world around you and the reason it's never hidden, the reason it's never filling you up, the reason it's never addressing that empty void inside your soul is because you're hearing it from somebody else and that's sweet, that's encouraging. You need to hear it from your heavenly father. You need to receive that affirmation from him. He, he is the one who can truly say this to you. You need to get alone with God in the secret grind, the work that no one sees, and you need to hear your heavenly father say, you are loved. I know everything about you, and you are called. You are equipped for everything I have put in front of you right now, that through my spirit at work in you, you have an incredible future. There are good things that are coming your way. I am your heavenly father and I love you. I care for you. I know you. See, I think, I think God sent me here today to tell somebody in this room or somebody watching online that today is the day when you should stop your quest for affirmation. Those questions have already been answered. All the questions about your purpose, all the questions about your worth, all the questions about your value, when Jesus stretched his arms out on the cross, those questions became answered. And hear it today. Receive it today. Let today be the day in the midst of this crowd of people. Let today be the day that you meet with your father in the secret place. And you receive from him the affirmation you've been searching for your entire life. Let him say it to you. Let him address that wound. Let him speak that value into your life. And then you can stop worrying about the, the rat race of affirmation chasing that our world is in and you can get to the, the important work, the work of transformation. Let your heavenly father affirm you so that you can get into your calling, so that you cannot spend your life worrying about questions that have already been answered. And I just know it, I know it, I know it. If you would do this work, and I recognize what I'm saying right now, I am saying to the 21st century American, get off your phone, turn notifications off. Go be alone. Say no to your responsibilities and obligations for a little bit. Shut it all down. I know what I'm saying to you. I just know, I know, I know, I know that if you would do the work, the work of the secret grind, your heavenly father will reward you. You know, Jesus said as much. He says, your heavenly father, who knows what is done in secret, he said, will reward you. This is what God does. If you, will, if you will submit yourself to the work of the secret grind, your heavenly father will see what is done in secret and he will reward you. I don't know if that means financial blessing, probably doesn't, because it actually wouldn't fix anything. I don't know if it's a different career, probably wouldn't fix anything. I, I'm not sure what, if it even looks like worldly success, I, I don't know. I do know that if you'll do the work of the secret grind, if you'll submit to it and say, God, there's nothing more important. There's nothing that could be a higher priority than me being with you. And, I, and, and I'll let you do the soul work. I'll let you do the heart work inside of me. He will reward it. He will reward you with greater intimacy with him. He will reward you with the capacity to, the, the capacity to handle everything he's about to throw your way. He will reward you. It's what he does. We read it in the Bible. We see it in our lives. We see it in our world at large. You know, right now, we, we talked about this last week a little bit, but I mentioned earlier the revivals that are sweeping across the country right now. 
And, and it started at this little old podunk Christian college in my old hometown of Wilmore, Kentucky. There's like 3,000 people that live there. And a few students started praying and worshiping and they just kept going and going. And, and then it turned into two days and three days and five days and 10 days, 14 days later. And this place was packed out. They had to open up multiple sanctuaries. They had to open up multiple spots for this to happen. They had over 50,000 people that swarmed this little teeny tiny town to praise and to worship God and to experience a renewing of what he's doing in the world. But what most people don't know is that that massive, amazing event, there was a man who prayed for that to happen for four years. This man pictured here, lots of stories going on around about him. I got lots of people that live in that town that are vouching for all of it. This sweet man felt led four years ago to move to Wilmore, Kentucky, and pray for revival to start there. And it was the work that nobody saw and nobody noticed and nobody cared about. But every day he would go out and he would go running. And as he ran across that campus, he would pray, Jesus, would you start revival here? Would you stir up the hearts of young people that spreads in such a way that thousands and thousands of people across the globe come to believe in you and come to know you and their hearts come alive again? Would you do it? And he said he felt so stupid most days for praying it. How could thousands of people be transformed by what happens in a little tiny podunk town of Wilmore, Kentucky? But we have the, the revival that we've experienced and that is sweeping across the country I believe we have this man to thank for it. He did the work of the secret grind. He consumed himself with the work that his father had called him to. And your heavenly father, who knows what is done in secrets, he will reward you. And I don't know what that means for our church. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I do know that if our church will be filled with people who say we will resist the cultural urge to stay busy and stay connected. We're gonna push back on it. And we're gonna commit ourselves to the secret grind. If our church will be filled with people who will meet with the Father in secrets and plead for our church and plead for the lost people in our city and plead for families and plead for young people, our Heavenly Father who knows what is done in secret, I believe he will reward our church. And I don't know what God's gonna do in your life personally. I think it's going to be big. But I believe that if you will commit yourself to this, he'll reward you. He'll reward you. And I can't do that for you. That's a decision you got to make between you and God. That's between you and him. I, I've done all I can do to present the case to you. That if you, if you want to get ready for the next season of your life, you can't do it without the secret grind. You can't do it on your own. You need God to do something inside of you that only he can do. And so I wanna give you the chance to make that decision before God today. For some of you, it'll be a first time decision. For some of you, just hearing that Jesus' death on the cross means that you are loved, you are forgiven, no matter what you've done or who you've done it with, you're forgiven. And you can have a fresh start right here, right now, today. For some of you, it's the decision to start following Jesus and become a Christian. For the rest of us, I think we need to get real serious about saying that we are going to devote ourselves fully to God. 
I think we need to get real serious, line in the sand kind of moment. We are not going to be um, uh, subject to the ways of this world anymore, the chaos of your schedule, the chaos of your demands, pulling you away from the only thing that matters. Today's a line in the sand moment where you say, all right, God, I don't know what you got for me, but I will submit myself to the secret grind, to the work that only you can do. Those are your options today. Let's go ahead and enter into a time of decision. Will you stand with me to your feet? We do this in every service, if you're new with us, as a time for you to respond to God. Um, we will not parade your decision around. We uh, create privacy for you. This is between you and God. All great life change begins in a private moment with you and him. And so would you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes to create that privacy in the room today? I believe this is one of the most important things we do every single week. Momentum begins here. Renewal begins here in a, in a private moment with you and him. If you're here and you know that you have been searching all your life for affirmation and now you know it can only be found in Jesus and you wanna start following him, you don't have to have your life cleaned up. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You ain't gotta be you know, a fortune teller that can predict everything that's gonna happen in the future. No, 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 no. You just gotta be ready to say, Jesus, I'm in. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to say yes to your love and yes to your grace and yes to your purpose. If you wanna make the decision to become a Christian today, to start following Jesus, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three as a private decision between you and God. One, two, three. That's incredible, it's amazing. It's beautiful. So good. So good, keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. You need to understand right now, if you just made that decision, all of heaven is rejoicing. All of heaven is celebrating what just happened. And from this moment on, everything can change. Because you have believed who Jesus is and you have now confessed that he is your Lord and you're ready to follow, everything you've ever done is forgiven and your life is new right now, man. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, but is anybody else grateful for the life change in the room? We celebrate that, man. Celebrate that for the rest of us. I think right now is your moment. I think you need to call a spade a spade. You've been distracted. You have been fooled by this world. The devil has pulled you away from your creator. And it's time for you to say no more. It's time for you to make a decision to recommit yourself wholeheartedly to God, to commit your devotion to him, to meet with him in the secret place, and to let him do whatever it is that he needs to do inside of you to prepare you for the next season. If you will commit yourself to the secret grind with God today, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, Jesus, come on, man. Hands up all over the room, man. Let's keep our hands up right now and let's pray and ask Jesus to do it. Jesus, we need you. This world is so filled with distraction, Jesus. I pray right now on behalf of our church that you would create in us an insatiable hunger for you. God, help us. Put a, put a physical pain, an emotional pain, a spiritual pain inside of us when we are not with you, when we are disconnected from you. God, let it not be filled until we have met with you in the secret place. 
God, I pray for those people who just gave their lives to you. I pray that you would drastically change their lives, that they would feel the joy, the peace, the hope that only you can bring. And God, I pray for revival in our church. I pray for revival in our city. I pray for you to do what only you can do, Jesus. We're ready. Whatever you want to do, we're ready, Jesus. We're in. We're in. And we surrender our lives to you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray together by saying amen, amen. Come on, let's go. Thank you so much for joining us for this Peak City message today. If you'd like more information on Peak City Church or if you'd like to give to the mission here in Colorado Springs, then check us out at peakcityco.com.